This is C-SPAN's The Weekly. I'm Steve Scully in Washington. Our focus, cyber attacks. Just in the last few days affecting the meat we buy and public transportation in America's largest city. And its potential implications sending new concerns on this 21st century threat facing America. And tonight, two new major cyber attacks, this time against the New York City subway and a ferry system in Massachusetts. They come as the company that supplies about a quarter of America's beef is still dealing with a crippling ransomware attack, apparently launched from Russia. Just ahead, we will talk to Leon Panetta, former defense secretary, CIA director, White House chief of staff, and a former member of Congress. He is also the founder of the Panetta Institute of Public Policy, located on the Monterey Bay campus of California State University. It was October 2011, nearly 10 years ago, then-Defense Secretary Panetta with this warning during a speech at the Wilson Center here in Washington. Alongside this nuclear danger is an entirely new kind of threat that we have to be prepared better prepared to confront the threat of cyber attacks. Cyber has become a major concern as we face large numbers of attacks from non-state actors and large nations alike. And the prospect of a catastrophic disruption of critical infrastructure that would cripple our nation the potential to paralyze this country through a cyber attack is very real. Then Defense Secretary Leon Panetta, a speech he delivered 10 years ago at the Wilson Center in Washington, D.C. It's available as part of the C-SPAN video library. And a year later in New York City, he delivered another speech with a warning of a cyber Pearl Harbor. The New York Times put it this way, the defense secretary saying the U.S. is increasingly more vulnerable to foreign computer hackers who could dismantle the nation's power grid, transportation system, financial networks and government. Secretary Panetta is joining us from Monterey, California. That was a decade ago. Where are we today? Well, I'm afraid that uh, we are seeing the consequences of uh, of cyber uh, and what impact uh, cyber attacks can have uh, on our vital infrastructure. Uh, It isn't uh, the kind of massive attack that I was talking about uh, 11 years ago, but what we're doing is basically uh, death by a thousand cuts in which uh, the combination of criminal organizations Uh, like those uh, within the uh, Russian uh, government, uh, as well as uh, uh, countries, not just Russia, uh, but China, Iran, North Korea. Uh, The combination of all of those adversaries uh, and the targeting that they are now doing uh, has indicated that we have a massive vulnerability in terms of of our vital infrastructure. This is not just criminal activity. Uh, This is a threat on our national security itself. The obvious follow-up is why. With Russia in particular, we've heard from Secretary of State Tony Blinken saying that Russia has an obligation to stop these attacks. But what is the end game, either of the Russian government or of these Russian actors? 
I, I think the fundamental end game uh, is to undermine uh, the strength of the United States. Uh, my, my experience uh, as director of the CIA uh, and uh, also as Secretary of Defense is that the Russians are totally focused on trying to weaken the United States. Uh, that's their fundamental objective. And they've done it, obviously, through uh, the cyber attacks that impacted on our election system and tried to undermine uh, trust in our election system uh, over the last number of elections. Uh, they've done it uh, through this larger attacks called solar winds, uh, which uh, uh, impacted on corporations and industries as well as agencies within the federal government. And they are doing it by encouraging these criminal operations that have targeted through ransomware uh, our vital infrastructure. Uh, a, a huge pipeline, uh, the Colonial Pipeline, serving the East Coast uh, and almost shutting down uh, the delivery of gas to that part of the country. Uh, they've done it now uh, with the uh, JBS attack. Uh, impacting on meat uh, distribution, which is also a part of our uh, infrastructure in this country. Uh, and we've seen it happen now with regards to uh, the subway system in New York, as well as the ferry systems uh, in New England. Uh, if this continues, this kind of ransomware attack, uh, it, is, it is not only going to impact on our economy, it's going to send a signal that the United States is vulnerable in terms of all of our major infrastructure systems. As you pointed out in that speech in 2012, this is the 21st century war that we are facing. Russia is one of the challenges, but there are others as well. Can you explain? Yeah, there's no question that uh, cyber technology is developing rapidly. Uh, when I gave that speech, I was concerned because Iran had developed a very sophisticated virus called the Shamoon virus, which they deployed against Aramco oil in Saudi Arabia and literally destroyed 30,000 computers. That same kind of virus, if deployed in this country, uh, could literally shut down vital elements of our infrastructure, whether it's our electric grid system, our chemical systems, our transportation systems, uh, our, our government systems, our financial systems. Uh, it has that potential. And as you can imagine, this technology is continuing to develop. So it's not just Iran. We've seen North Korea uh, use some of that same technology. And clearly China has been using uh, the latest technologies uh, to be able to impact uh, on gathering vital information from this country. Uh, I think it was uh, Brian Alexander uh, who used to head the uh, uh, our, our technical uh, agency uh, dealing with communications who said it was the largest uh, uh, the largest stealing of vital government information in our history uh, that China has been able to accomplish. So when you put all of that together, uh, we are clearly seeing cyber 
become the battlefield of the of the future, and it's also the battlefield of the present. And of course, we are so dependent on technology, on computers, on emails, on information technology. So the potential that we're facing could really have implications beyond just the meat we buy or the the train we're on in New York City, but obviously how we operate day-to-day business, the U.S. economy. Yeah, there's no question that uh, we are becoming increasingly digital sized i mean our, our we are computer uh, expanding our computer capabilities across the board where businesses now are basically putting their entire business dependent on uh, computers uh, and uh, artificial intelligence uh, capabilities that can basically run businesses on their own the more we become dependent on on these computers to run vital infrastructure in this country, the more vulnerable we are to those cyber attackers who are going to try to do what they can to basically interfere uh, and capture those computers. Uh, that, that is the vicious circle that we are now locked into. The New York Times wrote the following, Defense Secretary Panetta painting a dire picture of how such an attack on the U.S. might unfold. This from 10 years ago. What did you see back then that uh, gave you this warning, and where are we today? Well, as I said, I saw what Iran was able to do uh, in basically shutting down Aramco oil. Uh, And also obviously was aware from my own intelligence experience of the development of those kinds of sophisticated viruses that can not only uh, shut down computers, but you can actually deploy these viruses into computer systems and activate them in the future. Uh, We've seen that uh, happen with solar winds. We don't really know even to this day uh, how much of an impact uh, we have uh, we've had as a result of uh, that massive cyber attack? So, if if we have seen the capability of these viruses to literally shut down uh, huge computer systems and paralyze elements of our infrastructure, uh, what we're seeing today is these criminal operations using ransomware not only to shut down uh, our elements of our infrastructure, but the problem I see now is that the only way out is to pay ransom to these criminal operations. And all that does is send a message to them to continue to do the same thing. I mean, we just had the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, I think it was $4.4 million that was paid to them uh, in order to try to restore that pipeline. I suspect that uh, JBS, uh, the meat uh, provider, uh, may very well be looking at how to pay pay off uh, this uh, ransomware attack that they've gone under. So my concern right now is that we do not have a, a, an effective national strategy to deal with these various attacks that we're confronting 
uh, and that we have not developed the kind of comprehensive uh, cyber defense strategy that this country should develop in order to protect our security. And as you well know, as part of the national security team, there is an office of cyber and emerging technology and the White House through that office really providing some recommendations to the private sector. But what I'm hearing from you is that's not enough. You're saying there needs to be a much broader strategy, a bigger strategy. What has to happen? I think the most important things are, are actually some of the same elements uh, that I addressed in, in that speech uh, 11 years ago. Uh, one is we do need this comprehensive national strategy uh, that stresses uh, both defense and offense uh, in terms of our country. How do we protect our country and our national security from uh, the vulnerabilities uh, of having our most vital infrastructure systems taken down? Secondly, how do we develop a much stronger public-private partnership in this area? Part of the problem right now is that everybody kind of is doing their own thing. Uh, Departments, agencies, private sector companies, uh, some of them do a good job, some not such a good job in, in defending themselves, but it's all very hit and miss. We need to have a strong public-private partnership where uh, you can share information on the kinds of attacks that are being made and develop common strategies to be able to deal with that. And lastly, we need to remain on the cutting edge of this technology. We need to be able to develop better technologies for the future to counter the kind of attacks we're getting, and we need to recruit the best and the brightest in order to make sure that the United States is on the cutting edge of cyber technology. Let me remind our listeners, we are talking to Leon Panetta. He is joining us from California. A former member of the House of Representatives, served as the White House Chief of Staff during the Clinton administration, also as the Director of the CIA and the 23rd Secretary of Defense, now at the Panetta Institute of Public Policy in California. Why are we so vulnerable, and is the private sector more vulnerable than the federal government, based on your expertise? I, I really think it depends on uh, which areas of, of both of those sectors that you're looking at. Uh, I think at the federal level, uh, I think the Defense uh, Department, uh, DOD, I think the intelligence agencies, I think Homeland Security, uh, uh, I expect the, the White House, I have some very effective systems to deal with trying to defend themselves from cyber attacks. When I became a director of the CIA, I was told that we were getting 100,000 attacks a day uh, trying to get uh, information uh, out of the CIA. I'm sure that that has uh, probably multiplied uh, threefold in terms of the number of attacks. Let me just stop you there. 100,000 attacks a day, and that was back in 2009, 2010, 2011. That's correct. That's correct. Literally facing thousands of attacks a day. Uh, and having to defend against that. And and actually, we did a pretty good job at doing it, and I suspect that those systems are as, as, good, as good, if not better, today. Uh, and but, but there are agencies and departments in this massive federal government that don't have a, a very good defense system from those kinds of attacks. And we've seen that happen with SolarWinds, uh, the attack by the, the uh, Russian government, that, uh, in fact, penetrated some of these agencies and departments 
uh, like Commerce and others. Uh, and the same thing is true in the private sector. There are some companies and industries that have very good defense systems to try to protect themselves from cyber attacks. But most businesses basically are operating by the seat of their pants uh, and trying to develop uh, systems that can try to protect them. But very frankly, it is very much a hit-and-miss operation, and there is no consistent standard uh, in the private sector uh, that is being required that can, that can provide the kind of comprehensive defense we need. I'm reminded what President George W. Bush said after 9-11, that we have to be right all the time, the terrorists only once. And I guess that's the same with cyber terrorism. No, there's no question. Uh, it, uh, you know, as, as head of intelligence, uh, I, my greatest fear was that we would get it right uh, 99% of the time. But that 1% that we missed could very well uh, undermine uh, our national security. Uh, and that is what is required today is that we cannot afford uh, to just have uh, an adequate defense system. We need to have a comprehensive defense system. And very frankly, we also need to have an offense as well that can make clear to our adversaries, whether it's Russia or China or North Korea or Iran or terrorists, that if they're going to continue these kinds of attacks, on the United States, they too uh, will have to pay a price for what they're doing. Uh, that needs to be a message that the United States sends as well. But Secretary Panetta, what price and how do you enforce whatever the punishment is? Uh, we have the experience and capability uh, in the cyber arena not only to develop uh, strong defenses, uh, but to also uh, use some of the same capability to be able to do to others what they're doing to us. Uh, and I just think that um, we need to have every potential weapon uh, in our arsenal to be able to deal with the kind of attacks that we're getting today. It isn't enough just to basically ask the Russians to be nice. Uh, as we found out in the past. I think they need to understand that if they don't stop doing what they're doing, uh, that they too will ultimately pay a, a price. As you well know, one of the lessons of September 11th, the silos that were found in our intelligence operations here in the U.S., are those silos broken down not only here among the federal government here in the U.S., but also with our allies around the world? I, I think that is the, the concern uh, that I would have is that uh, in many ways uh, we saw the consequences of those silos uh, when 9-11 when happened in that vital information was not being shared uh, by intelligence agencies. Uh, and ultimately we tried to correct that uh, as a result of what happened on 9-11. But what I'm seeing today are the same silos uh, in the cyber arena developing uh, in departments, in agencies, uh, in, in governments, 
uh, both here and abroad, and frankly, in the private sector, both here and abroad as well. Everybody is trying to deal with this largely on their own. And they're tr what it does is it results in something like the colonial pipeline. Instead of trying to deal with who is attacking uh, their operation, uh, their first option is to pay off the ransom and try to get back to business. And I understand, you know, that uh, that motivation. But when they do that, it only encourages additional attacks in the future. What we need to do is to establish not only a strong defense against those kinds of attacks, but we really have to have backup systems uh, in, pri in the private sector and in government that if an attack takes place, we have a fallback in order to continue the vital infrastructure that has to service our country. So there's an awful lot that needs to be done right now, and it has to begin, as I said, with that comprehensive national strategy. And based on what you know, Secretary Panetta, is this something as simple as an employee opening up an email and that email has the ability to really infect an entire company, system, government office? I mean, is it something that simple? It is exactly that simple. And it happens every day uh, in, when an employee... Uh, gets an email, uh, doesn't quite know uh, what what it is, but uh, you know immediately tunes into that email, uh, and when that happens, that that virus, uh, that cyber attack is introduced into uh, the system that uh, that employee is a part of. Um, they. There is an effort, obviously, to develop uh, technologies to try to counter those kinds of attacks. Uh, there are systems to try to build uh, a kind of leveled defense system in which a number of checks have to occur before that email is opened. But it varies, very frankly, from area to area as to the adequacy of the steps that are being taken. And I'm afraid that too often employees just go ahead and tune into that email uh, without being aware of the consequences. And as you well know, uh, the Russian threat will be one of the issues on the agenda when President Biden sits down with Russian President Vladimir Putin. That will take place June 16th, later this month in Geneva, Switzerland. If you were sitting across from Vladimir Putin, what would you tell him? I, I think it's very important for uh, President Biden uh, to make very clear uh, where the lines are in dealing uh, with Putin and with Russia. I think for, for too long, uh, Putin has assumed weakness on the part of the United States, uh, and it's empowered him uh, not only to uh, go into the Crimea, and the Ukraine, uh, not only to deploy forces to Syria uh, and Libya, but also to conduct the kind of cyber attacks uh, on the United States that we've seen happen time and time again. Uh, I, think, I think President Biden has to make very clear 
that there are lines that the Russians cannot continue to cross uh, and that a cyber in particular is one of those areas that affects our national security. It affects our infrastructure. Uh, and we are not going to allow Russia to undermine our national security. I think he has to give them a very clear message that uh, this is unacceptable. Uh, obviously, there are a number of other areas they'll have to touch in a summit. But I think considering the kind of cyber attacks that we've uh, incurred over these last few weeks uh, and what it's done in terms of our vital infrastructure, uh, I would be very clear to Putin that we consider this a threat to our national security, period. But the question is, will Putin listen? Will Russia listen? That's always that's always the question. But I think President Biden also needs to make clear that the United States is not going to simply stand by and do nothing. That if this if this continues, that the United States uh, will exact a price from Russia. Looking at the arc of your lifetime, you were a toddler when Pearl Harbor occurred in 1941. You came to Congress in 1977, pre-email, pre-computer age, and even when you were OMB director, computers were still relatively new, and yet today they run our lives. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've seen that transition uh, take place. Uh, I often tell people that, uh, you know, I come from the typewriter age where you, know, you basically <laughs> were able to type uh, something that you could check uh, and see. And you had that whiteout uh, to make a correction. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, and today, uh, computers are largely uh, spewing this stuff out uh, left and right, uh, a lot of it uh, without a great deal of concentration, uh, frankly. Uh, and we are growing increasingly dependent on computers to do the work of human beings. Uh, and while on one hand it's a convenience, and while on one hand it obviously helps uh, improve our economy, uh, at the same time it makes us that much more vulnerable to the kind of attacks that we've seen. Uh, and I'm afraid that while we've enjoyed the benefit of building computer systems left and right, we have not taken the time to develop the kind of defenses that we need in order to make sure that the United States uh, is not the target for the kind of attacks we've seen these last few weeks. So let me conclude with a final point. Are there lessons that we can take away from other countries, other businesses? Who's doing it right if they're out there? Well, it, it you know, it's, it's a good question uh, because, frankly, I think everybody's in the same boat uh, when it comes to trying to deal with cyber. Uh, this, is a, this is a complex area. Uh, and the technology of cyber attacks uh, is complex as well. And for most of us, you know, who enjoy our iPhones and our computers, um, we want the convenience of being able to uh, being able to to handle uh, an iPhone and a computer, uh, and in many ways can't be bothered with the concern about whether or not that computer can be weaponized. 
Uh, and I think that's true not just here, but I think it's true throughout the world that in many ways uh, we really have kind of taken it for granted uh, that somehow, even though there are periodic attacks, that it won't affect me. I think we really need the world to be educated to the fact that it can be you. Uh, and if our infrastructure is impacted uh, in a serious way, we're the ones, all of us, are the ones who are going to pay the price for that vulnerability. So it's for that reason that I think uh, the United States, working with the world community, frankly, have to develop better approaches to how we deal with trying to control uh, cyber attacks against our security. And again, the headline from a decade ago in the New York Times, Defense Secretary Panetta warning of the dire threat of a cyber attack on the United States. The speech that he delivered in 2011 is available as part of the C-SPAN video library. Secretary Panetta, thank you very much for your insights. We appreciate your time today. Good, Good to be with you, Steve. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. And finally, this reminder, be sure to listen and follow wherever you get your favorite podcast. All of our coverage available on the web at cspan.org and follow us on Twitter at cspan radio. I'm Steve Scully in Washington. We thank you for listening.